0: Nope. Zach wouldn't join us on the call today. Nope. Yeah, you we're tried. not nope. you tried. We're, tur- we're turning him off. Nope, nope. <laughs> he's punished. He wouldn't even join us. We tried, didn't we? Yeah, you tried. We tried. I heard it. He, Yep, he wouldn't He wouldn't join us. That's all right. It's my last all right. name. We'll just cut him off. He it's- won't get his 30 <laughs> seconds of glory on this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyways, we're so glad to be here back on the podcast today. Hope everybody's having a good morning. We got Pastor Ryan Marquis with us again. We told you he'd be back, and he's back. So, part number two of his testimony, he's been telling us a lot of, uh, I don't know what you say, crazy
1: things? Yeah. Intricate <laughs> details.
0: No. Yeah. Uh, interesting, crazy things that's happened in his life. And uh, and so, why don't you just give the audience, hopefully they listen to part one, or a lot of this might not make sense. And uh, right. hopefully they have. And uh, so, for this part two episode, why don't you give us just like a 30-second recap of where we're at. When we left... The episode in part one, he was in the emergency room getting ready to get on a helicopter.
1: So we we started off basically, and you can go back and listen, but the, the recap would be on a eight about a six to eight month uh, time span there of of losing a business and um, deciding to do the best we could to sell everything we had to get our name cleared, so we were able to pay our debts, sell property, land, eventually sold our house. Um, in the middle of that, that was at the beginning of 2017, um, early 2017 or spring, and then uh, by the mid spring or uh, mid summer rather, uh, I was full bore in construction again, uh, working for my cousin's business, doing plumbing and, and building spec houses, and then by that fall. A car came off the road, hit my house. I was in the plumbing truck. Uh, just again, quick recap here. My son thought was on the mower. Right. Uh, God spared us all through that. That was in fall. Not many months later, a couple months later, my wife got shingles. Uh, so we're trying to recover from a business loss, a house damaged. My wife's got shingles from all the stress of this. We didn't even know what it was until later. And then December the 1st, I had a heart attack, and a massive heart attack, was put into the hospital on Friday, uh, supposed to go in for exploratory uh, heart catheterization Monday.
0: Yeah, so you're in the emergency room, and then what happened?
1: We were flown out to Baltimore, or it would have been Baltimore, Maryland, but it was University of Maryland Medical Center, which is a very good place, a very good hospital, and they deal with trauma. And there was a helicopter flight there, that was a miracle in itself. I think the Lord directed that because the doctor there was just a phenomenal doctor, a very, very well-educated and highly respected doctor on a board of other doctors. He was a head of a board, uh, I believe, in Maryland, Pennsylvania area, doctor, uh, Dr. Bradley. And so uh, the, the doctor at that hospital actually made a phone call to that doctor's cell phone and got him. On the phone and told him my situation, my you know who I was, my boys, my age, and he took me on. He made room for me. Wow! And when they couldn't, so that was really awesome. I thought that that doctor yeah. did that on his own, on his own merit. Um, and so they life flighted me, flew me on a helicopter. That was a pretty cool ride. Um, I got to cut up with those guys, those trauma guys. We had a good time uh, until I got sick and they hit me with some anti-nausea medicine but and after that i was good but uh they dipped the wing we hit turbulence midway we hit wind but uh they dipped the wing for me let me see the whole view of the city and and it was uh they were just they were great guys and made me appreciate the medical field all aspects of it through all of this but they dropped me off in baltimore again long story short here um i was rushed in to the trauma part of it and uh I just it was just a hundred it was zero to a hundred after that you know after that doctor telling me where he was going to send me, and uh, they obviously you lose all dignity in those places yeah. so you guys well, you
0: I didn't want to waste any time they
1: cut your clothes off with a with a razor or with a pair of scissors I mean it just it's it's really different but uh, they I, they came in there and I was, you know worked over by that trauma center that trauma team um, put into uh, ICU um from the trauma center to icu i I remember correct i know i was in the trauma center for quite a while they were trying to get me in surgery
0: Mm -hmm. uh they
1: got me through there my phone's ringing here sorry brother i have to edit that out (laughs) um that trauma center uh was taken to the icu and then that was on monday uh on tuesday they were operating That's how fast they did.
0: And when did you go in? It was last...
1: I went on Friday the 1st, December the 1st, 2017. And I went to... They flew me. They did the heart catheterization on December the 5th, Monday. And they were operating on Tuesday. So just
0: to recap, you lost your business.
1: Exactly where I was going You almost lost
0: your boy. Yes, sir. And your house got hit by a car. Yes, sir.
1: My wife had And then now
0: in December, all within, what, three months or so of each other?
1: All within really... We sold everything, uh, you know, lo- losing the business. I was directly tied everything asset-wise to my business, so we had lost a whole lot um, and just kind of built back up, barely, you know. Just we were barely getting by, you know, not anybody's fault, but some of my own fault. But uh, we were just – we were barely getting by with all of this. But in the, I would say in six months' time, we'd lost all of that and started to slowly recover the car hit our house the my son i thought that for sure was a gonna be you know the end of that situation all of that trauma and my wife actually sat on the bed uh of the er with shingles all over her body and i talked to her about it after didn't even realize it had forgot about it but um through all of that you know in the span of six months really um we just we went through it and uh so after that surgery um you know there's a lot there but we went through that surgery the surgery went well uh i thank god for all of my friends and family so that would have been a
0: triple bypass it was
1: triple bypass yes sir wow they took veins from my leg and put them on, on the the lower part of my heart and then they redirected one um and then they the main the main one up top there uh Again, I forget all these names and stuff, but they they had actually had to redirect the the blood flow on one of the arteries. But um, the doctor was very happy with the surgery, and uh, so that went well. And I was thankful. And my recovery went very uh, quickly in the hospital. My recovery went very fast in the hospital, actually. Uh, but they pulled my tube. From what I can remember, um, they'd pulled my left tube a little too quick. And uh, they put three tubes in you there, and uh, they'd pulled that left tube, and and it was crimped, and I'd seen it, which again, <laughs> I'm guessing some people would have thought, you know, well I'm going to go after him or get him for malpractice, but they people just saved my life, and so I'd seen it, and I'd actually mentioned it to one of the nurse practitioners, but uh, my left lung filled up with fluid uh, right at Christmas time, so I was able to go home. Um, like I said, this the surgery was on the sixth, um, and so I think it was about eight days, if I remember right. Well, no, that would have been wrong because my boy's birthday was on the twelfth, and so I went home six days. Uh, my boy's birthday was on the twelfth, and I was I was able to go home for his birthday, but when I got home, I was a wreck. I was a miserable uh, wreck. My body, yeah. my body was beat up, and I was sore, and I, just all of that, and. Uh, Right before Christmas, I wanted to be there and open up Christmas gifts with my kids, but I was breathing through a straw. Basically, is what it felt like, and I had filled up my left side. It filled up with fluid on the left lung, and uh, finally, my wife said, "You can't, you can't live like this, you know." And so, they had come to get me. Uh, my my cousin had called me. She called Brother Brandon and a friend of mine, Brother Justin White, and they'd called. <laughs> They, they, she had called them and told them what was going on. Well, they're both pretty big boys, and they, I was pretty stubborn. And they both called, and they said, listen, you're getting in the vehicle, and you're going to go willingly or non-willingly. Well, I, <laughs> I couldn't fight them if I was in good health. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they said, we're going to pick you up and put you in that car. And so I said, okay, I'll go. So they put me in the car, took me back, come to find out. I had fluid built up on my lung, um, and I had developed a blood clot. And so they did a thoracentethis. I knew something was going to happen like that where I get messed up on the (laughs) word, but uh, that's that long needle they put in your back and take it out of the, take it out of your lung. It's about a, I don't know, I don't want to exaggerate, but it looks like it's two foot long. It's probably a foot long needle. (laughs) It's a long needle, but they put that in there and draw that fluid off. And so they did that. But it just ended up being days and days in the hospital, not recovering fast enough, medicine, you know, all of that. I got out. I thought I was going to do better. I was able to go home after a few days and then only to, to find it happen again um, several days after that. All in all, uh, you know, not to bore you with the details, but they had to do another procedure again to get that off. And they put me on a, on a blood thinner, worried about my my heart rate was dipping through all of this. You know, go from no medicine in your life to all of this stuff. And my body was just in shock, and uh, so I ended up spending almost 30 days in the hospital altogether, 28 days, because of my recovery was so dampened by getting sick with the with the fluid on my lungs and the and the blood clot, the pulmonary embolism, and all of that stuff. So, uh, and then the other one's called pleurisy, if I remember right. But they all of these things dwindled, you know, just really caused my. Uh, my body to go into a a survival mode it was hard for me to recover like I should have and yeah all of that stuff going through that obviously i told you guys I'd lost my business I'd lost everything um God's people were so good to my family um people that I didn't even know brother Austin sent us money um I don't even know I I was self-employed I was working construction but self-employed and my wife would go churches, and if you were one and you're listening, I, I don't know how to say thank you enough. And I've tried to say it, if I could remember, and we sent thank you cards. But there was people I know we probably missed, but, uh, you know, just handshakes. And my wife would go to the mailbox, and there'd be a letter from somebody and, an, and, a, and a check in it that we didn't even, hadn't talked to in years or, or months. Wow. And uh, we were able to, to maintain my wife. We never missed a bill. From December to March uh, we never missed a bill and uh, the Lord was good to us a people that we didn't even know and had never met sent us offerings and, and it, there was a time specifically I remember and I've told this several times but there was a man that my uncle knew that I'd never met him and uh, he w- we had gone for months and months Well, I was very cold when I got out of the hospital and we was in that old brick house we had a wood stove but I couldn't I couldn't work the wood stove And so we had a furnace, or an electric furnace, but it wouldn't keep up when it was that cold. And uh, I remember specifically my wife saying, I don't know how we're going to pay this electric bill. And uh, I said, well, you know, this was towards the end of February in West Virginia, pretty cold time. And I had been so cold that the heat was on like 74. Well, that's not me. I, I keep it 65, you know. But I was so cold and lost weight and all this stuff, I was just freezing and so the heat's just running nonstop trying to keep up for me. And uh, the electric bill's over $700, maybe $800. You know, we got no income coming in. And I said, don't worry about it. God's taking care of us all the way to this point. He's not going to let us go on this. And uh, i never forget, Friday came, and it seemed like pastors would knock on the door. You know, you'd hear that knock, and I'd know God was going to take care of us. And Friday came, and Saturday came, and Sunday came, and nothing, no money. And we didn't know. And I said, well, we'll we'll call them and make an arrangements or whatever. But my wife had went behind my back. I didn't know it, but I was worried about it. <laughs> she went behind my back and tried to go get assistance. And I had told her, no, we're not we're not doing that, you know. We're, God's going to help us. And I, I guess I had too much pride, but she was going to go get assistance somewhere. And I said, no, we're not doing that. And they denied her. And uh, <laughs> I thought that was kind of ironic, you know. There's people that can get help, and I we probably could have qua- should have qualified for it, if anybody. But uh, Monday, she went to the mailbox, and she had already peeked, and I'd seen her coming in with tears in her eyes, and the letter was already opened. And she said, babe, who do you know? And uh, I forget what part of Pennsylvania it was from, maybe Erie, Pennsylvania. And she said, his name's Tom Ward. And uh, I said, well, that's the man that helped Uncle Paul build his church, you know, that donated a lot of money and time. Uh, he doesn't even really no holiness people besides uncle paul and that uh-huh. i never met him and he had sent us a thousand dollars and I, I didn't even know the man and wow. uh god just showed himself faithful through all of that um uh, but preacher's meeting of that year uh, my wife drove me there in Jan- end of january and um uh, i didn't want to go i'm being honest here and transparent i, I didn't want to go my body hurt I was coming off of all the medicine that they had put me on. I was irritable and I was agitated and, you know, just hurting. And uh, she said, I'll drive you, You just we'll put a blanket in the back and uh, a pillow and you can sleep in the Suburban and I'll drive. And so we went and I I know I looked like death warmed over, but uh, as they say, I didn't look too hot. But uh, I went anyways, I'm glad I did. She drove us all the way there. We got there, and uh, there was just so many people, so many preachers that got around us just shook my hand, just seeing preachers. That's why I, I, I yeah. appreciate uh, preachers meetings so much, the ministers' conference in Tennessee there. I appreciate those brothers that put it on because it really pulled me out of a dark pit. And uh, I know preachers that were preaching there at that year, uh, some of the messages I'll never forget, and uh, they just it just helped me so much. Um, and I remember preachers came up to me. Brother Mike Roberts is gone now, but his son had given me some money, a check, and it's not about money, but, you know, somebody that cares for you and wants you to, to do better, and Brother Mike, he... He's well, that's wanting. a big
0: thing when you don't have none coming in. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> and then Mike had come over and talked to me and handed me different ones, just handed me checks and said, hey, we're praying for you. We've had prayer for you. People were praying for me at their church. I didn't even hadn't even met them before. At this time, I'd never evangelized, never really traveled, and uh, always told people I was the backwards marquee, which they think that's hilarious that there's such thing <laughs> a thing as a shy marquee. But uh, I never really traveled much. So a lot of people were praying for me just because they knew our family. And uh, I left preachers' meeting, brother Austin. My wife can tell you this. I left preachers' meeting, and I drove home. And I never took another pain pill. I don't remember taking Tylenol or any of that. I don't. I don't, I don't remember it all.
0: Why? And I don't
1: want to say it wrong, but I know that there was no more pain medicine. Uh, and and it was my my recovery after that was just up. The Lord just pulled me out of that. And a lot of that was depression, I think, or or oppression, whatever you want to call it. But it was the devil that had. Uh, put me in that place where I felt like I'd never get out of it. And I remember specifically before prayer preachers meeting in in January, middle of January, the first time I'd actually collapsed, that I'd sat in the living room of our house with my legs crossed and uh, Indian style, I sat there and I told my wife, I said, I'm never going to get any better. I'm never going to feel normal again. And uh, it's it's always going to be this way. And I cried like a baby, and uh, I, I'd held it all in. And she just, she held me there and said, "Just let it go. You need to let it go." And uh, I just let it all out. <laughs> I cried and cried and cried. And she said, "You are going to get better. We, we're going to get through this." And so I thank God for a strong wife, and uh, I thank God for a uh, for a, a helpmate that was with me. And all through that, all through that ordeal, she never. She wouldn't even sleep in the room without me. Uh, I slept in a chair in a 30-degree angle, really, most of the time. A, a, wow. I sat in a chair, uh, and she would sleep in the chair, beside another chair beside me or on the couch. And I would tell her, babe, please go and get you some good rest in the, in the bedroom there. And she'd say, no, nope, I'm going to stay right here beside you. And so um, I found out the meaning of helpmate through all of that. Oh, yeah. and, and, and the value of a good wife and uh i we're we're closer these things will bring you closer and they have brought us closer and and anybody that's gone through a traumatic thing in their life you'll find that uh you your spouse and you will be closer than than you've ever been and things that would have probably bothered you before don't bother you anymore you just let them go and you get on with life because you realize the value of life and so brother austin just told me how many minutes we've been going here and i didn't know it i I don't know (laughs) if i had 30 minutes in me but uh we came through that, and I, I guess the greatest testimony through all of that is that God, God showed me His hand, and and all of this I felt there was times, uh, and if you're going through a trial right now, I know this could help you. Uh, there were times where I felt like people were looking at me like I was a sinner or that like I had done something wrong, and uh, I don't want to compare myself to Job in the sense I know he lost a lot more than I did, but I could feel where what he was feeling where they, you know, people right. looked at him and said his own wife, you know, looked at him with that attitude. And I thank God I didn't have a, a, a wife like Joe's, uh, but she lost her family too. She was hurting too. But uh, I, I know that there were times where people, I felt like people looked at me like, man, what has he done? He's done something wrong. God's judging him. Um, but I'm thankful that God brought me through it. And I, I looked at, I, 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 so many times looked at my life and said, God, what have I done? I, I thought about tithing, and I paid my tithe. That I, yeah. If I'd done anything wrong sin, and I was, I was trying to weed thing, anything out of my life, of my heart, God forgive me. Anybody, there's, nobody, there's nobody worth going to hell over. And so I thought, Lord, if there's anybody I'm bitter at, help me forgive them or, or forgive right. me if I've done them wrong. And I just went through all of those lists. I just but,
0: told my wife just a day or a week ago, Um, you know, I've not had a heart attack. We've not, we don't have the same story by any means, but I told my wife just a while back, I said, in the last three years that we've lived in a trailer and almost going on three years that we've evangelized, I said, we've had more aggravation Mm -hmm. and more major things happen in our family, in our life in the last three years of our marriage and our family than we did the six years before that. I said, just being at home, working a job, being a lay preacher, um, just just staying at home. Said, you know, every once in a while somebody gets sick or, yeah. you know, it was, it was something might happen or break, but what's happened the last three years working in the ministry and working for God has been way, way different than the last six years Absolutely. before that. Absolutely. And so just because so many things happen, doesn't mean and like you said people might look at you like that but it definitely don't mean you're a sinner and you talked about job and uh you know sometimes we've got to go through the test before we can have things like this Yes, sure the testimony and and
1: this is part of the process that i'll never forget brother Brother gabbard preaching about where he kept and I, i remember specifically going to a youth rally i was the Youth leader there for a few years in P.E.A. and I was sick. That I think it was in January where Brother Alvin Dovel, a pastor where Brother Corey Herod is now, and I remember getting up there, and I, I was so sick. I looked horrible. I mean, I was bad sick. And people, several people had come to me and said, "You look bad, brother." And I was like, "Man, I don't ever want to do that to anybody," but uh they didn't mean anything by it. But several of them right. come to me like, "You look bad, brother." You know, I knew what they meant like. And I don't, even, I don't even know why I went, but there was some kind of a survival mode in me that said, I'm going because I want to be in God's house, and I want to feel God's presence, even though I was sick and hurting. And uh, i never forget Brother Brent Gabbard had told me. I was up there just telling a little bit. I, I didn't even say much. It, it wasn't me.
0: Mm-hmm. But I
1: just, I guess the impact of where people had seen what I'd been through. And he pulled me aside, and he said, I want you to know, he said, that God's used this as a testimony and people and he said I, I see and i've known brother brent for a long time and he said i see where people are looking at you and listening to you he said and you may not understand it but you're going through a trial that people are going to relate to and
0: well you get up and start preaching and you say i was 30 and i had a triple bypass you're going to grab everybody's attention
1: <laughs> I, yeah. I guess i don't realize it as much but I, yeah yeah I, I had another when i bit.
0: heard you first say it, i'm like do say what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember a preacher that everybody would know, and he's he didn't mean anything by it. He's a very well-known preacher. He's my friend, but he, he he didn't really know my name at the time, and he pulled me aside when he's like, "You're that young man." He said, "You're that young man that had a heart attack." It's that's the only way he knew my name. He's like, "You're that Marquee boy that had a heart attack," but uh, but that's the truth of it. I mean, I didn't I had never been anywhere, and so what the devil meant for evil, God turned into good, and I refused to let it keep me down and. Um, I had even some close friends that said, "Well, now you can file for disability, and just kick it back and take it easy." I said, "No, that's not. You know, I've got, I've got years ahead of me. I, I'd rather go out. Um, I'd rather go out preaching and go out working yeah. for the Lord." And uh, I made, I, I did make some promises to the Lord in the hospital. Uh, and I, I've I've heard people make uh, comments about that in a bad way, but that you'll promise things and you know you got to be and i understand you know you be careful what you vow i never made any any crazy vows but i remember sitting i remember being in the hospital and saying lord if you bring me through this i'll do whatever you want and i was an assistant pastor we were going to the juvenile detention center twice a week we had a ministry i was a youth leader but i said lord what wherever you i'll go where you send me and i'd said never to evangelizing. And I don't claim to be I wasn't a great evangelist that we preached more places than I deserved and I ever thought I would but uh, I never thought I had the evangelistic voice or the ability to do it but God used us to tell our testimony and to help people that were down and I have had people text me or call me and tell me you have no idea what your testimony meant to me or you know things that and, right. and, and I look now here where we're at where God's placed us in Batesville and the hand of God, we'd have never been here. We'd have never known this side of the country, but we obeyed God and we allowed his hand in our life. And uh, when you're on your back at 30 and you realize life is but a vapor and you realize how fragile life is, you're willing to really do whatever the Lord wants you to do and you're ready to go. And uh, and through all of this, I would tell you, if you're going through a trial, if you're going through a test, uh, I, I would give credit to the preacher, and I can't remember who said it, but I, I, I want to say, uh, I want to say that it was Brother. Oh man, my mind is slipping me here. I'm almost positive it was at our camp meeting, and Brother Shad McDonald said, "The bend in the road is not the end in the road, as long as you make the curve." And uh, I've said that often. We had some bends <laughs> in the road, but we made the curve. And right. you would say more than one time, the devil would tell me, this is the end of you. This is it. You'll never see your kids grow up, play football in the yard, or graduate from school, or get married, and you'll never have grandkids that you'll be able to bounce on your knee, and you'll never know life to its fullest. And really, all of us want to live, truthfully. you know. And I'm you're a,
0: 35 today. I'm 35. With a 16-year-old.
1: With a 16-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and I just took him to work this morning at 7.30. <laughs> So the Lord's been good to us.
0: I'm gonna be 31 this year, and uh, I'm 30 right now, and all mine are six and under. So our kids are definitely, definitely uh, a lot, a lot different ages. But you're 35 right now, so you're doing good.
1: I'm doing good. I'm, I mean, we have days where we don't feel like we're 25 anymore. But uh, well, I know one thing: I can I can walk and not go out of breath like I used to. I didn't realize what a a triple bypass would do for you so i guarantee it's a lot better in that aspect
0: well god's using you all and he's placed you here at a wonderful church with people teenagers and all kinds of stuff you all got a vision hoping to build a new church yes sir and uh, i've been talking a bunch about it just in the few days i've been here you've all been talking a bunch about it and uh, i tell you it's just wonderful to see what god's doing with you and you and your family and he wasn't done with you yet no he mm-hmm. wasn't done with you yet. and just a wonderful testimony. appreciate you saying that on here. Yes, sir. Hopefully it'll help somebody that uh, you're you pretty much about as bad as it could get.
1: Yeah. And you made it wise. to the
0: other side. Is there anything, as, as we end this, end this episode, is there any piece of advice or just any, anything you want to say?
1: I would say that through all of that, um, you know, the devil will tell you that God's done with you. And, and I felt that more than one time, where the devil had got on my shoulder. And, you know, a lot of cards came through, and I, I want to be quick here because I've already went longer than I thought I would, but a lot of cards came in the mail, a lot of pats on the back, a lot of phone calls. Right. A lo- and you, those people, I've had people call me and they'd say, uh, I'm sorry to bother you. You're not bothering me. I want you to call me. I need encouragement. I'm in a dark place. Right. Uh, you know." So don't ever think you're bothering somebody, and if you are, uh, you know, they're just in a dark spot, but they'll appreciate it one day. And I know I look back on a lot of people that called me and visited me and, and showed up at the hospital. And then, and then we live in a different hour now where you just don't as much show up at people's house and stuff, but a uh-huh. phone call, a text, a kind word, a, a, a card. But through all of that, I said this, you know, even through all of that, there were times where you go home and when you're in your house and you're, you're sick and you're all alone, and you could even be there with, like you said the other night with Austin preaching, you could be in your camper with five kids running around and your wife there, and you still feel alone in your heart. And I remember times where even all the cards on the table, all of the flowers, all of the balloons, all of the calls, I still, when the lights went out, I hated nighttime. I hated after midnight. And I'm a night owl. But I hated yeah. that time because it, I wanted the sun to come up so bad.
0: When you're living in the dark place, when you're the living darkness in the, feeds it.
1: You're, you better believe yeah. it. And there was times in my life where I was so down in, in that situation where it was after midnight to 7 o'clock or whenever the sun came up. I would there were, I would wake up every hour and look out the window to see if the sun was breaking the clouds yet. But I want you to know that, that morning's coming. Amen. And you may be through the darkest night of your life, but morning's coming. Amen. And you can believe that. And I'm a living testimony that that your darkest hours—it's been. It may sound cliche, but your darkest hours just before the dawn. And I've been in a deer stand more than one time, and uh, sat there when it was dark, and you know, right right before the sun breaks. It seems like it's 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 the darkest hour, really, but the sun comes up again. And uh, and and the Lord is faithful, and I'm so thankful for it. And I never would have dreamed that I'd have climbed mountains in Colorado, but uh, I did it after my heart attack because wow. I, I, I purposed in my heart that I was going to uh, live life to its fullest and love everybody. And I, I I don't have time for for games or little things or or squabbles or I don't I don't life is too important and too precious. Yes, and so. Let the, you know, just let the little things go. If I could say anything and just live your life and enjoy it to its fullest because it's here for a little while. We only have a promise of today because tomorrow is not promised.
0: Well, thank you for sharing yes, everything sir. of your testimony. And hopefully, I believe this will help somebody just to keep hanging on. Morning's coming. Yes, sir. And when it gets down to where it's so bad, you feel like just want to give up yeah you get such in the dark place and then of course the devil jumps on your shoulder absolutely you've done this wrong you've done this but just keep on trucking yes sir and uh i I tell you i can testify too but this ain't my testimony but god's people amen are the best people they're the best people god's people they're just they'll amaze you every time this ain't my testimony but i know i know firsthand as well when you ain't got no money zilch coming in God's people will come through every single time and help you. you'll never know who they are yes sir. you'll never know their name. there's people that we both we still don't know who they are right but I believe there's a record up yonder yes, and they'll sir. get rewards for that after a while and uh, I tell you it's amazing what God's people can do yeah when you're going through it, it's amazing how an entire country, of God's people Absolutely. can get behind you and wrap around you and you don't even know who they are. Right. But like I said last night, when you got the same spirit and the same Holy Ghost, he's here to link us to each other yes, and sir. also to link us to God. When we get together, it's it's amazing.
1: It is amazing. And God's faithful.
0: Well, thank you so much yes, for everything sir. you said. I appreciate you, brother. It's about time to jump off the podcast. We appreciate Pastor Ryan Marquis, Pastors Harbor Lights Temple in batesville arkansas we appreciate you coming on the on, on the road interview today and uh we'll see everybody later in this race of life i've run the lord says to me my child well done there will be no regrets for me i'll be